That was beautiful. Was that just, uh, you just came up with that on your own right there? GarageBand loves to stop recording me. And I'm not sure That's why. disappointing because that was the most wonderful song I think I've heard in my life. Mm. Do you want a reprise? I can do something else similar. No, no. The moment is lost. Moment is lost. Yeah, the moment is lost. <sighs> How are you doing, friend? I'm good. How are you, friendy friend? I'm great. I'm great. I'm here with Adam Tuck. I'm here, and I'm here with David All. <laughs> yeah, I actually you know that song that just got cut off because GarageBand wasn't recording. Yes. I just basically did one of those on my mother's answering machine. Oh, yeah, yeah, a little little improvised Mother's Day song. Yeah. I like it. And part of the song was referring to the fact that there wasn't an official uh, Happy Mother's Day song, like the Happy Birthday song. Oh, boy, I will tell you Make if it. you can write a song. Make it. Yeah, that will get played. This will be the Mother's Day song. It's cha-ching. Every, you know, you can just, that's money in the bank. Get all that music publishing dollars flowing to you. Get a little Mother's Day song and a Christmas song. And if any of those go big, you're, you're solid. Yeah, get, you might as well write another Hanukkah song because there's, sure, there's only a sure. few of those. That's true. Not too many. Yeah, Adam Sandler's kind of got it on lockdown. He's been sweeping up all mm-hmm. that money. Yeah. So yeah, there's a big there's a big opportunity here. I All think. the Jews in Hollywood putting putting that sweet sweet Hanukkah money out there. <laughs> the gelt, oh the Hanukkah gelt. Unfortunately, the money is made out of chocolate. But <laughs> you know, I should have read that contract more closely. Oh, damn it! It didn't say the money could not be made out of chocolate. <laughs> mm. Death by chocolate money. <laughs> All right, so let's start it up. Start it up. Musica. Let's talk about Musica. So, well, of course, there's been some news recently, uh, you know, about the possibility of Apple acquiring Beats, LLC, um, the purveyors of headphones and speakers and a uh, like a streaming music service. Um, but I thought it'd be kind of cool just before we talk about that to to just talk about sort of where music is, where the industry is and where... Mm-hmm. Um, where it's going, and just sort of back up and and take a look at the whole the whole picture. Um, so yeah, I mean, this has been you know, as you know, this is my sort of my field uh, as a music producer and as someone who's like worked in the industry. Um, so I recently consulted for EMI Music Publishing about you know some of these topics. So uh, some of which I'm bound by disclosure stuff that I can't talk about, but I can talk about the industry generally and like where it is and where it's going. And I think there's been sort of a fundamental change that's happened. Um, And if we look back to the 2000s, um, you know, Napster happened, the whole free, you know, free music, everyone can download whatever they want. That whole thing happened. And then as a response to that, iTunes happened and the labels came on board with iTunes because, um, you know, it provided an opportunity to let people actually pay for music, even though it unbundled the album, which had, you know, big repercussions for the industry because you weren't paying 20 bucks anymore for an album. You were just paying. Um, do you remember when CDs were $20? Absolutely. Yeah, if you went to uh what was that store called? The Wall. Tower. Tower. Sam uh, Goody. Borders. Sam Goody. Um, all of that stuff. 
So yeah, I mean, it was ridiculous. I mean, and that, and and the model was was making an album, and they and studios would crap out tracks that <laughs> just to fill an album that were worthless. I mean, they really put out some 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 filler albums and then you'd have one to two actually like workable singles and it would just be to make it so that you'd actually have to pay 20 bucks to actually get to the two songs that you wanted to hear in the first place yeah i mean the whole the whole concept of the album um i think was really you know it sort of came about with the beatles um doing sergeant peppers um but it was based on a technological innovation there was the the long playing record, which Columbia Records invented. And all of a sudden, instead of just being limited to a 45, you know, seven inches, which was basically a few, a few minutes on either side, um, you could now actually do make a sort of an artistic statement or, you know, just put together a bunch of singles on two sides and have it be, I don't know, like 40 minutes or 50 minutes or whatever, depending on how big the grooves are, how much bass is on it essentially. But yeah, so that happened and I think it was good. I mean, there've been amazing albums that have come out, but at the same time um, for a lot of artists, it's sort of constrained their, it sort of forced them into this box that maybe they weren't really, maybe it wasn't really the right box for them. Yeah, I think there's sort of, I don't know, it, you know, it's like there's anything. There's there's freedom within uh, boundaries can sometimes be awesome. But then when uh, when money enters play, things can go awry. So in terms of like the album itself, I think it forced a lot of people to try to actually sit on content, uh, sit yeah. on content, sit on their music and make yeah, more. Which is not, I mean, I've, you know, I've worked and I've advised artists and I've done albums and, but I, I sort of there's something great about being able to put something out faster and being able mm-hmm. to get feedback and be able to grow artistically and um, and not have to be sort of trapped by the album. And I think for a lot of artists, what happened was, you know, because it takes a few years to put out an album. So by that time, that material is there and recorded and ready to go out and it goes out, you're already past that artistically but now you have to tour to support that album which represents work from years ago and it's kind of i don't know it's just not the best it's not the best model i it's not the best format i think for for a lot of artists um anyway so so itunes came out and you know the music industry let itunes happen in part because um it was a, it was a way for people to pay for music and at the time it seemed it seemed like a good experiment and it was only available on um Macs if you remember like the mm-hmm. iTunes music store um and iPods were only they only worked on Macs as well oh god yeah and so the music industry was like yeah this is cool it's kind of a sandbox and if this doesn't work at least it's just going to be you know on this small scale thing and then of course iTunes goes to Windows and the iPod goes to Windows and now I mean from that point until today um iTunes has been about 
well, I mean, it's it's grown very, you know, it's grown and grown and grown. It's grown every year. In fact, the digital music sales um, to the point where Apple is now about uh, 70% of all of all digital music sales are done through through iTunes. Which is amazing. Which is amazing, right? And let me let me take a step back there also and yeah. say that iTunes did a lot more than than just uh, what it did to the music industry. Them moving over with iPod and iTunes was one of those first Halo products that allowed people to jump into Macs. And in fact, that's actually how I got started using Macs in the first place was that I started using iTunes for Windows instead of Winamp. And I was like, oh man, this is awesome awesome and then you, i got an ipod yeah a third generation ipod with mm. a um with a bunch of like hollow touch sensitive buttons and even that sort of poor like you know crappier model i still was like this is the best feeling thing that i i've never like had a, an object a, a piece of electronics that works this well in mm. my life and i was like okay i guess i guess i'm into max now yeah and i, I switched i switched over after that um and in terms of, and in terms of, you know, also going back to that landscape, I mean, I don't know if you were how well you remember Napster, yeah, but like, you know, it was this janky, ridiculous program that looks just absolutely hilarious right now. But you know, you could find a lot of crazy stuff. It was not difficult. It was super easy just to search and find almost anything you wanted to find. And you know, your download speeds were were just painfully slow. But still, it was enough to totally disrupt the music industry just because um, people were so sick of paying 20 bucks for basically the one song they wanted. And then, you know, all iTunes had to do was come in and do anything that was easier to actually deal with than Napster. And people were happy to pay for it. And that's all they had, you know, that's all that they did. It was like, here, buy the song. It only costs you 99 cents. It'll download and it'll be on your iPod. And yeah. that was enough. That was all that needed to happen. Yeah. And the quality will be better than any sort yep. of junkily ripped thing you'll find. And it will be labeled appropriately. It won't be some weirdo um, different version of the song or. Yes. So, yeah. So, I mean. An or I, a virus masquerading as something or, else. I mean, all these sort of like difficult to manage problems. Yeah, it just blew them out of the water and then people were happy to pay for it and still are, amazingly enough. Yeah, and a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people in the music industry kind of um, blame Apple and they blame iTunes for like, you know, destroying the album or destroying, um, which I really, I mean, and I might get into trouble for saying this, but I really, you know, I really think that that sort of, the wrong way of looking at it because you can't, I mean, you were in a position at the time when customers, the option was you get something for free illegally by, you know, getting it an Napster. It's totally free or, um, you know, or you're, you're going to get some money for it. And there was no, I just, I just didn't see what, what was the other alternative? Like what it, it's, it's like being mad at a, um, it's like being mad at a lifeboat for the ship burning down. <laughs> yeah, you crashed that's... your ship, the, all the gunpowder exploded, the cannonballs were flying everywhere, <laughs> you jumped off, somebody saved your life, they pulled you into a structure, and now you're mad at them because your ship isn't there anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's sort of looking at history and assume, you know, you're kind of, you're mixing up where the cause and effect were. It was, it was so, it's tough because I think in a lot of ways the music industry was the first industry to really be 
totally disrupted by the internet. Um, mm. And just the effect of that, um, you know, and retail was so huge and like, you know, and physical discs and the music industry was positioned to sell these discs. And all of a sudden it's going to, you know, instead of selling little pieces of plastic to sell uh, digital files, which was actually good for the industry in a lot of ways because you didn't have to deal with inventory in the same way. Production. There, there are no like returns on digital stuff or like very limited returns. So you don't have to deal with shipping these pieces of plastic back and forth. Um, so all this happened. And then I think a lot of people sort of forget this, but at the time it wasn't clear that iTunes was going to win. Oh, not at all. Because there were other models. And like, do you remember Rhapsody? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there were all these streaming services like Rhapsody, um, Napster, like Best Buy bought Napster and sort of rebranded it as um, a streaming music thing. I could have the history like slightly wrong in that. No, 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 no. You're right. You're right. That, That did happen. Um, so there were a lot of different retailers like Walmart was trying to sell music. They were just basically trying to sell music online, but undercut iTunes in the same way that iTunes was sort of doing it. Um, but there were all these streaming services and the streaming services never took off. Okay. They never did. They never, (laughs) yeah, they never caught on. And it seemed, and at the time Steve Jobs said, People want to own music. People don't want to rent music. And he was proved right. Like, and at the time that was totally right. And then, um, here we are now. Spotify is on the scene. Pandora is on the scene. And actually in 2013, this is the first time, the first year where we saw a year over year decline in digital music sales for the very first time. And it's clear, I mean, and this has continued through 2014. So it wasn't just a blip on the radar. I, um, I blame the discontinuation of Zune. I bet that's probably has a lot to do with it's it. It's mostly Zune, I think in the decline, it's mostly Zune related sales that are being yeah. lost. So, so, but that's, amazing. I think it's very clear that, you know, and at, towards the end of 2013, um, I saw that, you know, I mean, I saw that this was happening, but there was some debate in the music industry over what was really happening. Are these services really taking over? And are people essentially subscribing to these services and not buying music in the same way? And it seems pretty clear at this point that that's, that's what's happening. And so in essence we've shifted from a, a model of ownership to one of access where you don't need to own the content anymore. And it's, it's um, you know, instead of iTunes, it's Spotify. Instead of buying digital copies of movies, you're watching it on Netflix or Hulu or whatever. And it's the same sort of, the same sort of thing we're seeing happening. So really what caused this change? What caused the shift? And, I think, I mean, you look, you look at the landscape and you say, okay, well, smartphones cause this to happen. And, you know, the, the, the availability of bandwidth, um, wherever we are. 
you know what else I think is actually a big part of it? What what else? Well, I think the fact that we are more and more getting used to, I like to call it certification. You know what I mean? It's less about owning specific files and finding them by finding them on your hard drive and clicking on them or actually typing in URLs or using bookmarks. You're searching in Google, you're searching in boxes on Netflix, you're sort of like, it's sort of this feeling that if I search for the name, the internet will find it for me. And like, then I'll be able to access it. And I think that sort of the speed at which that happens and the ease with which you are able to find all this content without actually having to manage it yourself is really what sort of allowed people to sort of think more and more like, yeah, it's, it's okay. It'll be there when I need it. And I don't mind paying $9 a month. I mean, in some ways I think Netflix and other video services, like, because those are a pain, you know, keeping movies curated, take a huge yeah. amount of disk space. It's really problematic. The files are huge. It takes forever to download. So these streaming services made it easy. Everyone got super cool with that idea again of doing this with the videos. And then all of a sudden, the subscription model comes back really hard for music as well because I think people realized the same thing is, you know, once they got comfortable with that model for Netflix, then they could become comfortable with that model for music again. Um, yeah. No, that's a really good point. And just to your certification uh, argument, which I think is is really uh, true, um, you know, I mean, most people, most kids these days, um, I mean, and this is just based on study. I'm not throwing out an anecdote about, you know, kids these days, but they listen to music mostly on YouTube, like per hour or per user or whatever. It's amazing. Yeah, because you know, I, what you I said, am always shocked by it. It's the certification thing. They can you can find the music, you can access it. So, you know, you have your smartphone. Why do you need to, you know, to buy a file or download it or whatever? It's almost faster and easier to just find it on YouTube. So the instant gratification is is there. Maybe even more so with, you know, with these, you know, with these internet products. Or internet services. And another weird thing about this that has actually happened because of you I mean, through the sort of YouTube listening thing is that videos have sort of ha- I think they've had a resurgence recently. Like they are becoming more important, more actually accessed, and people are you know are actually paying more attention to video content re- related to albums. And you know, point A, we have Beyonce releasing 14, was it 14 songs for 12 tracks? I mean, 14 videos for 12 musical tracks yeah, uh, or something like that. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think video has actually become important again in music culture, even after MTV has stopped showing music videos. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's got, I always thought that was kind no, of interesting. No, so, it's, it's so interesting. Yeah. That, that is, that has risen in importance. Um, so yeah, so there's been a lot of there's been a lot of shifts that have happened, um, and so I think regardless of you know how you feel about some of these different issues or where you know where things are, you have to acknowledge that things have changed. Um, yeah. So I mean, you have, I mean, just as far as the industry is concerned, Pandora is considered non-interactive streaming. Um, iTunes radio is the same thing, but it's, you know, the same basic idea. It's, um, you're not selecting songs and artists per se. It's, it's stream, you know, it's giving you different, 
um, selections based on something that you've selected. So it's basically, it's at a lower rate. That's that, that um, the industry gets paid a lower rate, but it's called, it's called non-interactive streaming. Hmm. Um, so that's paid at a certain rate. There's oftentimes ads, you know, on iTunes radio, there's ads, there's Pandora, there's ads, um, et cetera. And then you have Spotify, which, although there are sort of non-interactive streaming radio stations on Spotify, which is kind of why they're pushing it because they have to pay less for the content. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So, but, but generally when people think about Spotify to just to be able to pick an artist and a song and be, have that sort of specific thing that's called interactive streaming. Um, that's paid, you know, that's paid on a higher rate uh, generally. I didn't even know that. That's that's pretty cool. So these things are happening. Um, and it's crazy because when you're thinking back, when I was thinking back to, you know, three years ago or four years ago, and you were looking at if people were going to buy an iPhone or if they were going to buy Android, a lot of, so I'd talk to people and they're like, oh, I'm going to get an Android phone. And I would always ask them like, okay, so how are you going to access your music? You know, how are you going to buy music or access music or videos? And the answer would invariably be like either A, I haven't thought about that. Hmm, I don't know. Or B, I'm just going to pirate it. I'm just going to use pirated (laughs) content. And, you know, oh, I have tons of movies on my, you know, that I've downloaded. I'm just going to put them onto my phone and transfer them. And it was, you know, I mean, because there wasn't a good solution for Android, like Apple was offering an integrated package and they were offering real, like a real benefit to using the platform, which was, you know, you can buy content, you can access all the best content and you can see any TV show you want or movie, basically Um, all the music you want, it's all here. You can buy it and transfer it to your phone at that point. Um, And later, you know, you could just buy it directly on your phone. And that was a huge, huge advantage for the platform um, for, for Apple and for iTunes. And now it's really, Google had, um, Google had a Android market, but Android market was kind of a pale uh, shadow of what Google play is now. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, just thought I'd throw that. No, in. I mean in Google Google has um they've spent more time and more effort now trying to improve their music selection. I talked to the guy who's actually running Google Play and um it's cool. Like they are doing stuff with it. It's not You talked to the guy who runs Google Play? Yeah, the music label side <laughs> of it. How do you know people like this? This is ridiculous. I got well, I got hooked up um through through someone I know. So I got to pick his brain a little bit and he, he actually put forward this whole idea of, because he, he actually worked for Rhapsody for a while and he said, he actually, he actually said, okay, so Rhapsody happened. It didn't take off. And now with the smartphone, these streaming services are taking off. Um, so, so really what has happened Mm. is, has been because all you need to do now is access the content. Um, it's sort of like iTunes, the the Apple ecosystem, if you will, the media ecosystem, which Apple has built up. They've invested so much time and effort in this. 
it's kind of less important because there's no, there's no platform lock-in anymore. You can get Netflix on any device. Um, if it's Android, if it's Apple, if it's like a Windows phone thing, um, you can get Spotify on any device. True. And the value of, of ownership is, it's just, it's just not as important anymore iTunes Radio is sort of their first foray into the whole subscription service, but again, it's a Pandora competitor. It's a discovery yeah. service, and it's got limited. Uh, it's non. It's utility. non. It's non-interactive streaming. I actually I use iTunes Radio, and I mean, I think it's pretty good. I like being able to, um, like you can. I forget how you tag songs you can tag songs as a favorite or something and then you can buy them later um which i've done because sometimes i'll hear a good great, model i'll hear a great song and i'll say like this is great i want to buy it and um later i'll buy it um but i i don't i don't know i've seen something that said that itunes radio is you know maybe it's number three behind um pandora and i don't know whatever what other streaming service there, there are out mm. there. It would seem that it is not a resounding success. And and I think you know it. You don't have to. I mean, it, it it is pretty good at what it does. But I think if you're coming at it from a Spotify or an RDO, you know the the inability for you to actually select songs and throw them in the mix and actually discover new yeah. things specifically. That's pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Cause it's, it's not, it's non-interactive streaming. So you're not, yeah. you don't have that level of detail. Um, exactly. So how do you, how do you buy music? How do you listen to music right now? Well, like what's your, I'm a dinosaur. I'm a total dinosaur. I actually still buy albums and listen to them on, on my phone. I buy I do albums use iTunes too? match. Yeah. I, I buy albums. You know, I, this is ridiculous, but what I'm currently doing is I, I really sort of still feel like um, whenever I really want to listen to mm. something, I actually want to give the artist, you know, as close to, you know, the six bucks that's going to come at them from the iTunes store as I can. And so I generally am actually buying albums on iTunes and listening to them through iTunes match or whatever. And it's not ideal. Like there's a lot of problems with it and being a little bit older, being out of college, I'm discovering way less music, and I what think are, is that problematic. The, is that the problem when you're saying that there are problems with it? What do you What do you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, so oh well, no, with iTunes Match, iTunes Match is pretty good, but it uh, it's a kind of a buggy service. They don't have a good sense for what's on your device, what's in the cloud, what's going to be available, and what won't be. Um, it also takes a long time to download things, so I kind of want it to be able to say like okay, uh, download all things from the Beatles, download all things from uh, the Stones, download everything from Tom Waits. You know, I want to I be able to hit those buttons and have them all come in. But di- downloads time out, there's like issues, and then I go to listen to it later and nothing finished. Can you still not um, stream over iTunes Match? You, you can. You absolutely can. It, so why? Which, you, know, you know, it's limited data. Oh, okay. So, I mean, because I, I like to have it, you know. Uh-huh. Okay. But you could, like, if you wanted to listen to a particular song on that is on iTunes Match, which is kind of, for people who don't know, iTunes Match is an optional service that Apple offers. How for much like is 25 it? 25 bucks a year. 25 bucks a year. 
and it it's sort of like a digital locker for your music how how would you describe it yeah no that that's actually a good way to do it and it's kind of cool because it it will take up i mean it's not perfect but it will generally figure out what songs are on your hard drive regardless of where they came from and they will put it up in the iTunes uh, locker and you can download a high quality 256 kilobyte per second uh, version of the song that is pretty good encoding. And it's it's not bad. Um, But there's just a lot of issues with any kind of service like this. The other thing it does is remove ads from your uh, iTunes radio. Oh, that's that's good. Yeah. So it makes that a lot nicer to use as well. Okay, so you're so you're buying music, you're buying albums, you're using iTunes Radio. You said that they're almost never. I I, I um I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're using iTunes Match. You're, using iTunes you're Match. You're rarely and... you're rarely using iTunes Radio, and yeah. you said that there were sort of discovery problems. Yeah, I I you know. I, I've tried to use iTunes radio. I try to put in people I like and try to see what they uh, come up with, oh. but it's not, it's too loose. They're not, um, they're not, uh, you know, really on top of uh, exactly what it is that I like about that music. And it's very approximate. So yeah. Yeah. I've no, I've noticed you mean as, as far as iTunes radio. Yeah. So yeah. let's say I type in Tom Waits. I mean, that's one of the, I mean, that's a difficult one because he's so distinctive. I mean, honestly, when you type in Tom Waits to iTunes radio, they should just play Tom Waits songs because there's, there's what, what are you going to get from that? That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, so they'll, but they'll still try and they'll do things that are just wildly like off the cuff. It's yeah. kind of like how that thing where Pandora, any state, any station you picked for a little while would immediately go into blurred lines. Like it would go like four songs and then just transition to blurred lines. Really? Uh, oh yeah. Well, it was that summer where uh, we blurred lines had was different, like huge. We must have had different stations because I don't think my my uh, like soul stations, my like new birth radio station or my uh, fellow Kuti radio station, if they played blurred lines, it just would have been you know a travesty. I had something go from James Brown to blurred lines. <laughs> oh no. And you can sort of connect the dots if you go okay, long enough. I got you. But it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know. it's kind of it's kind of almost I can almost see it going from like Curtis Mayfield or something like that. Yeah, um, it is music. They're both music. <laughs> <laughs> so are there any other I uh, do you use Spotify? Nope. I don't use Spotify. I don't oh. use RDO. Between the two, I like RDO more just because it's prettier and I'm a very visual person. Um Wait, you said you I don't think, you don't use either of them? I don't use either of them, but I've tried to use RDO a couple times and I just don't really end up getting into it. What was the beef with RDO? Like why did you just, what, what is, what was it that you didn't like about, about RDO? I think it just never, you know, I, I don't think I had enough friends on it. Yeah. This is, this is like a network effect type thing. Um, yeah. That's what they call it in business. They could totally get me. Um, they could get me paying money if the network effect is high enough, but I'm, yeah, I'm because too antisocial. There's value to other people. Um, I think we've talked about network effects on the show before. Anyway, there's bit. value as more and more people join something. There's more and more value to the technology. So, well, especially you, when it's about discovery. I yeah, mean, that's the thing where people so, really help you. Are there any other any other ways you use? You know, any other ways you listen to music or use it? No, I, I'm really boring, and I'm I'm sort of waiting for somebody to blow this open for me. But so I'm, I'm curious about you. What's your uh, what's yeah. your setup? 
Um, now, let me preface this by saying that I, um, I'm a freak. I'm not the average customer and I don't consider myself to be an average consumer of music. Not in a, like putting myself on a pedestal, but I just... Would you I'm consider not, yourself to be a super freak? The kind you don't take home to mother? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I buy vinyl. I have a vinyl oh. collection. Um, God damn it, Dave. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> vinyl, vinyl music is actually, it's actually keeps growing. I mean, it started being tracked by Nielsen a few years ago and it's been growing every year. It grows. Um, I don't know. I'm going to say like 20% or something last year. It's, it's growing. So, um, but you know, obviously there are limitations to, to vinyl. Um, namely you have these heavy, um, somewhat fragile discs that you have to manage and that degrade every single time you listen to them. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not gonna, well, okay. So yeah. So I buy stuff on vinyl. Um, sometimes if it's a newer release, if it's not a used thing, there are digital codes that come with a vinyl. So that's pretty cool. You can own it on vinyl. You can, you know, you can get the digital codes as well. Um, so I do that occasionally I'll buy CDs generally if it's an artist who I'm trying to support. Like if I go to a show and it's someone, it's someone that, you know, it's an artist that I like an independent artist. I will, I'll buy their CD. Um, if they have vinyl, I'll generally opt to do that instead. But again, yeah, I'm, it's fun. I'm a freak. Um, and then I'm also buying music. I'm using iTunes to buy albums. Sure. So I'm doing that. Do you use Spotify or audio or anything like that? I actually just recently, um, I've been on Spotify for, you know, for a little while, maybe mm-hmm. for six months or something like that. Um, and I really like Spotify. So I actually just recently signed up to be a subscriber. Oh, one second, Dave. Yeah. Sorry. Are you hearing birds? Yeah. Do you hear birds? <laughs> yeah. I think there's actually a bird. Is there like, a bird right, in your apartment? Right outside my window. <laughs> Hopefully not in the apartment. <laughs> it really sounds like he's right there in there. Is, is yeah. your... Um, is your microphone picking it up or is it just on um, your computer? Maybe a little bit. And if it does, I'm okay with it. It's, it's spring, you know, things are, things are happening. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm sorry. I didn't, then in that case, I, I, I'm just trying to derail this train whenever possible. No, but sorry, um, please continue. Right. Anyway. So, um, so I do like Spotify. I think it's, it's really nice, especially, you know, people tell you about music um, just, just when you're talking to someone, they're like, Oh, did you hear this album? And then you get to go and check it out. Um, you know, sort of, yeah, just risk-free. You get to try it out and see if you like, if you like the artist you can. And then there's the social aspect to it. You can see what other people are listening to if they, if they opt in and choose to do that. Um, you can follow people. So you're seeing what they're, you know, you're seeing what they're listening to and, you know, maybe you have some cool friends who like some good music and now you can check it out too. And I've, I've discovered, I've discovered music this way. Uh, cause someone has good taste and you're like, Oh, they're listening to, um, Suge Otis. Maybe I should listen to listen through this album or whatever. So it's or sugar free. <laughs> it's great. 
So yeah, so I recently bought, I recently paid money to Spotify to subscribe to them for a year, um, which will take out all the ads and do all that stuff, which I think is, I think is totally worth it. There's no phone access unless you pay for it, correct? Like not even with ads, you can't do phone streaming. For a while there wasn't. And recently they updated their app, their um, app to let you have access on your phone without paying for it. What's the, um, what's the cost to subscribe? It's $10 a month. It's nine ninety nine a month. If, if, if you're a, um, if you're a student, it goes down to five bucks a month. So, oh, hello, so, business school. Yeah. So I was ready. I mean, I was like, Hey, you know, I'm graduating. I should just, I should just like, this is a good discount, but I would get it even at 10, even at $10 a month. Um, so right now I haven't, you know, I'm still buying stuff in different forms. I haven't totally switched over. It's not like. It's not like I'm on Spotify and I'm not buying anything else in any other formats. But gotcha. Again, I'm I'm a freak in so many ways. So you're super freaky. Super freaky. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, honestly, man, you're making you're making it like ugh, it just sounds so good. Like, oh, it's it's really. I mean, Spotify is really good because it solves the discovery problem. It solves the um, just sort of like this music management type problem that you were describing having to download, you know, having to download stuff, um, all that. And it doesn't matter where you are. You could be at the office, you could be on your phone somewhere, you could be driving the car, you could still be, you know, be streaming the stuff. So it's pretty, it's pretty great. All right. So let's, so let's get into the meat of it that we really want to talk about because I, I do like Spotify and RDO. And it does sound like there's all these incredible things. But one of the reasons why I haven't jumped into it is because it's hard for me to get that curated feel. I don't know a lot of people that I really want to listen to, although I may have to follow you and I might just follow your lead. But one thing that there is another competitor to these streaming services that did a lot of curation. Yeah. And who's that? That's Beats Uh. Audio or Beats Music. That's what it was. And this was like a super curated thing where people were putting up playlists. They're putting up all these sort of really interesting ways for you to be able to like ask for music. You know, if you sort of say like, I want to listen to something calm as I'm falling asleep, they hit those keywords and they, they hit you up with playlists um, surrounding them. They have all these sort of way more interesting ways of finding music and they have an actual staff that is trying to make cool playlists and updating those like every single day, multiple times a day in multiple genres. And so part of the problem for dummies like me who don't aren't smart enough to get on, you know, and actually look at what their friends are doing. You have this service that is way more curated and, uh, and, uh, handcrafted, but it's still like the same principle of Spotify applies. You know, it's one of these services where you can subscribe and then you can search out music. You can make little collections. You can listen to whatever you want. And, People had been getting pretty interested in Beats Audio. There was some sort of, you know, weird issues around um, sometimes songs would stop or, you know, playing. So there were some technical problems. But from like an experience standpoint, I think people were really into it. And lo and behold, Apple recently uh, acquired uh, Beats Music. Yeah. Now, to Beats be, entirely. To be, right? f- well, well, to be fair, they haven't acquired it yet. They are supposedly in talks 
Oh wait, what? To, no. Well, Dr. Dre would is already counting his his monies, but it he it hasn't actually the deal I hasn't that, been by the way. Deal hasn't been consummated as they say. Okay, so you know you know why I thought it was uh that it actually had happened was uh good old Dar- uh Jim Dalrymple of The Loop uh referred to it in the past tense. Oh. As something that had happened. Oh. Well, it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. No. I mean, sure. if well, if it I haven't read any articles anywhere that has actually said that it has happened. It's all said that Apple is in talks to acquire Beats um, LLC, which is the whole company. It's a privately held company. It's not a publicly traded company. It's not public. So, yeah. Um, And of course, you know, they make the headphones and um, they make the... um, they're they're starting to get into making speakers like basically Bluetooth speakers stuff like that. I've seen and, those old Jambox competitors. Yeah, and they have this streaming service that you talked about, which um, I actually think they they actually bought it from someone else. I think it was called Moog, like M O G, music, um, and they 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 bought it and then they rebranded it and did it. Maybe they updated it and. I don't know what they did with it exactly, but that has become Beats Audio. So yeah, so Apple is in talks to to buy this company, um, and it's it's sort of sent the whole financial community, the whole Apple uh, blogosphere, into a collective frenzy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't know. I mean, nobody can really understand this deal, um, and it's kind of, it's kind of hard to understand, uh, even just the most basic things about the deal, um, if it actually goes through, which it might not. But, <clears throat> and so first of all, just straight up, it's the largest deal. It's the largest acquisition on a dollar basis that Apple has ever done. So I think it's some $3 billion or something like that. 3.2 is the number people keep throwing around, but yeah. So 3.2 billion. Um, so it's huge, you know, it's, it's big, like a dollar, you know, it's a big acquisition. Now, typically Apple has acquired for one of two reasons or, you know, both of these two reasons, um, They've acquired for technology. Either there's some sort of IP that they want, um, and they've bought for technology. Well, that, well, wait, wait, hold on. That's that's different. Sorry, IP or technology? You mean patents or technology? One, one's, one's legal. One would be, you know, if there was actually something that they didn't know how to do that they, you know, that was actually a uh, that's yeah technical well, that's, expertise. Yeah, you know, well, that's, that's what. Well, there's two, I mean, they've bought for two things and Tim Cook has said this um, publicly and, mm. and you can see this in the companies that they acquire. They, they go for talent. Right. Or they go for technology, which might be either, either patents or some, you know, some sort of IP like that, or maybe there's a certain process that they use or a certain, you know, they, they've developed something. 
Um, and so here's a, here's a good example. Um, so this fingerprint scanner on, on your iPhone 5S, do you have a 5S? I do indeed. Yeah, as do I. Right. So Apple bought this company called Authentic. Oh they, yeah, I forgot about yeah, that. And they were, you know, they were a fingerprint scanning company, like a biometric security company. And why did they buy them? Well, they held patents that dealt with uh, being able to scan fingerprints and do that sort no, of no, thing. But, but it's not just because they held patents. Like they wouldn't buy a patent troll that happened to have those patents. They also did it because they ostensibly actually had, uh, you know, the technology that made it easier for them to do than developing it themselves. Right. Or I mean, do you they, think it was just for the legal stuff? No, not just. I mean, I, I go. I get what you're saying. I, but I think I'm using patents and. I don't think they buy they don't I don't think they buy just for patents but if there's a technology well except like for like a that fingerprint star consortium that they were buying stuff off Nortel or whatever. I mean they do buy patents. I, I think to me they're just very separate things. Like one is an actual technological process or whatever whereas yeah. patents themselves are 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 legal weapons that they use in legal battles. And I feel like Authentech was an actual technological expenditure. Right. 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 It was okay. technological but Authentech held IP, additionally held held IP. Okay, cool. Which you know related to them being able to do this very specific task, which was unlock the phone or unlock whatever it is when you put your finger up to it. And this is leading. This is leading technology. And Samsung has. Oi. I mean, their fingerprint scanner. If you read the reviews, they're not. It's not. Doesn't work very well. Yeah, it's, it's, um, apparently it's con- totally non-functional. Consistently. Um, so they bought for this technology, the institutional know-how, let's say, um, there might be patent components to it and for the talent because they have people, um, they have engineers, they have all sorts of institutional know-how about how to make this work, you know, how to make this particular function work. And, you know, they paid, I don't know, it was like $300 million for Authentic and then, you see the thing in, um, you know, you see it in the, in the, um, in the iPhone. So, I mean, Apple has traditionally made these sort of very small kind of strategic investments for, for talent or for technology. So I guess the first question about the Beats audio uh, proposed acquisition is, does this fit the same mold? Are they still again doing it for technology or for talent? So I don't know. Do you want to do you want to tackle that? What do you What do you think? Well, I, you know, I'm I, I'm a little bit regurgitating regurgitating what I'm hearing in the in the sphere because I don't really know much about the company. You have okay. Actually, used to be the lead before Johnny Ive uh, stepped in. That's what I just mm-hmm. heard. Okay, so, so there's that guy. Yeah, uh, you don't you don't know you don't, what you don't know his name. I'm gonna check. Okay, it out and right then now. there's um, Jimmy Iovine. A um, he was the co-founder of Interscope Records, uh, chairman of Interscope Geffen, and he you know he. He's a former music producer. He's, you know, he's the guy, him and Dr. Dre were the guys behind uh, Beats Audio. He's a very, very savvy guy. 
and um yeah like a cool i mean to grow this business um from 2008 till you know to where it is today is pretty remarkable and they've definitely you know been able to get a premium in the market for for their products oh that is definitely true especially for the quality of the headphones yeah i mean it's not the headphones are not for me for sure um i don't like them but i like I don't like hyped bass. I don't like something that I think, you know, if I want bass, I can use an equalizer in iTunes or, you know, I mean, but I just want, I want something that's versatile and I want something that's as flat as possible. I don't want something where the bass is, takes over the whole, the whole track. So I, I mean, I've listened to these headphones where the bass has fuzzed out and gotten, you know, and is not even doing the bass well. It's just kind of, it's sort of just giving you that buzz and not, you know, it's just giving that buzz loudly. It's, I've, I've, I've heard some that are like, you know, they've been, they were around for a little while, but they did not hold up well to the ravages of time, uh, yeah, and the vibrations of of the bass. Uh, to go to go back a second and and auto uh, or immediate follow up myself. Yeah, his name is uh, Robert Brunner, Bruner, something like that. And he was the former uh, Apple design chief, and he was actually the guy who hired Ive in the first place. Who hired Johnny Ive? Yeah, and, that's uh, pretty sweet. And he's the guy. It's um, so Beats Design is is apparently run by a sort of like an outside agency called. Uh, you know, it's uh, the firm's called Ammunition. And uh, and this Apple, this ex Apple design chief, uh, Robbie Brunner, Bruner, whatever, uh, is the guy who runs that. And so they're sort of wondering whether or not there's also a design. You know, it could be a partial design aqua hire. It could be a partial. Um, anyway, yeah. So that's also a part of the mix. Aside from the Iovine, uh, you know, the Interscope. Was it Interscope Records you said? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's I- so that's also in the mix. So I think I mean just to just to answer my own question I do th- I don't think that there's any significant technology um that is I don't think Apple is buying this I don't think Apple is looking to acquire Beats for their technology for yeah for their headphone technology yeah definitely not um although you know to be fair Apple's headphones are not the greatest um but if they were looking just to make better headphones, they could pick up any other right. audio company for way less money and make way better headphones. Right. Okay. Yeah. So agreed that it's not for the technology. I don't believe that they hold any sort of significant IP um, that beats audio holds any significant IP that would, you know, Apple needs to get them for that reason. Nope. Yeah. Okay. No so the, the personnel issue, the talent issue is interesting. Um, but still 3.2 billion. Right. Yeah. I don't think it explains the whole thing. Jimmy would be great. And he's definitely been kind of, you know, been a visionary. I think he'd be great. Um, maybe that other gentleman you're mentioning would be the good great. doctor. What? I'm sorry. I said the good Dr. Dre. <laughs> no, no. The, the other guy, maybe Dr. Dre, Robert Brunonsky. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe Dr. Dre would have something to add, but I don't, I don't think he's no. worth so much. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. 3.2 billion is huge. So I don't think, you know, so on its surface, this doesn't look like an exist, this sort of acquisition that Apple has made in the past. This looks like something different. This has a different flavor to it. 
Agreed. Um, so some people were talking about money and if, you know, how good of a deal this was. And I don't, I mean, it's hard because they're, they're a private company, so you can't actually see the numbers that they've done. But I don't think Apple is buying them because like it's a screamingly good deal and let's throw everything else let's throw everything else out the window just because it's such a good deal um because as some have pointed out the company was valued at a billion dollars just less than six months ago um so there's definitely there's something else here Mm -hmm. um and so one idea that's been tossed out by uh, Horace Dedu of Simcoe, who uh, you know we both follow and check out. Have you have you and read love. about his theory on this? I actually haven't. I, I knew you had, so I wanted to wait until I, you sort of explained it to me because I think that was going to be interesting. Well, his theory on Twitter, which you've said, is this is about the brand. Apple is buying it for the brand which on its surface seems totally crazy um, because, and you see, um, you know, is Apple buying Beats for the brand? And there's all these articles about it and people are saying, oh, well, Apple's one of the strongest brands in the world. Why would they buy Beats for the brand? It doesn't make any sense. Um, but I think Horace kind of makes a compelling point. And if you sort of dig into it a little bit, you see you see more. Um, so what, I mean, what is Apple's music brand? Okay. iTunes. It's iTunes, right? Yeah. So let me tell you, um, you know, cause again, it used to be iTunes plus iPod. Remember it was both. It was the iPod and it was iTunes right. and the iPod was the iconic brand and iTunes was, you know, made it work. And it was also, so, I've gone into iTunes on my Mac, right? Here's what we have in iTunes um, in the store. (laughs) We have music. We have movies. We have TV shows. We have App Store, books, podcasts, iTunes U, which is online classes. This is all within the iTunes app um, on the Mac. So what else can iTunes do? It can organize and play music. It can back up your phone, et cetera, et cetera. So iTunes, yes, it's a stream. I mean, it's it's the top music brand in the world, um, arguably. Well, it's a top music retailer in the world. Okay, right. It's a top music retailer in the world. But something about iTunes has... And the branding of it is stopped making sense. Yeah, it's a, it's a rat king of features. It is just it is just everything you can do with your phone or buy online from Apple is there, aside from the Mac App Store and iBooks. Those are two things that happen to oh, be separated out. They have books. They actually have books now in the store. Oh, is that not? God, seriously? I thought they broke out I, iBooks as a separate uh, app. No, I mean, and when I said when I made that list. Those You're looking that, right at it. <laughs> that was a list of I'm not I'm not those were actually the categories in the um the store, the iTunes store as they call it, um oh. within iTunes on the Mac. Oh, you know what it is? It's audiobooks. Audiobooks. 
Oh, that's audiobooks? Yeah, iBooks, they still separate out. Okay, right? okay. So fair enough. It's regardless. Right. This thing so is there's crazy. a lot. It's, it's, at the very least, you could say it has transcended music, or at least what Apple is using it for now is way past music. And, and you know, you, and Apple knows this. I mean, I know I love to bag on them, and, and I'm so mad about how crazy and out of control iTunes is. But Apple knows that this is the case because what have they done on their phone? Yeah. You have you don't have an iTunes app for music anymore or an iPod yep. app for music anymore. They have your App Store, your iTunes Store, yep. and your music app, and they are separated yep. out. They do not try to just put them all together because they know that they're not the same program. Yeah, and you have you have a separate app for podcasts. Correct. Um, iBooks Correct. is in a separate app, but as you pointed out, I guess on yeah. the on the computer, it's also separate. So they've split it apart on the phone just to cycle back here what are we what is it what does the itunes brand even mean anymore right and what can you imagine beats being and becoming and if you think about it beats is one of the only other really strong music brands that are that are out there and it's and it is a little bit more like it is more of a music brand rather than just a headphone brand because they have this streaming service. They have these other sort of parts to their business. That's yeah. sort of a little bit larger than it yeah. screams. It screams music and it screams um, it's, you know, it's, it's just, to, it's different. And maybe, um, maybe that is sort of where they see, Beats having value because we're buying a brand that's only about music and it's, you know, maybe this is sort of either going to be a sub brand of Apple or maybe it's kind of its own, maybe it's its own entity and it's doing more streaming type stuff and more different, um, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe Apple thinks they need a new, you know, a new music brand potentially. That, I mean, that would be, that would be pretty cool. It makes a lot of sense in, as a sort of revamping to the model of their uh, iTunes radio in terms of actually having yeah. people searching out for music for you and actually getting a solid subscription service. Both of those things are sorely lacking in Apple's ecosystem. And uh, yeah, I don't know, you know, maybe that becomes the music part of iTunes, you know what I mean? And then the iTunes is just the store. I mean, even iTunes radio, right? I mean, that's another thing. Right. And you right, sort right, right. of, you start to see how convoluted this iTunes beast has become. It It's it's reached a point. I mean, it, what is it? It's an app. It's, it's a store. It's a way to do all this stuff on your phone, including back it up. It's gotten to be such a multi tentacled beast and um maybe this is a this is an attempt to sort of restore some some uh sanity to this to this whole mess it's a more plausible theory to me than any other i mean yeah. in terms of because even even the technology of how they do the th- what they want to do you know like how they curate stuff and how they stream blah blah that probably isn't worth 3.2 billion in and of itself Agreed. 
You know what Agreed. I mean? Like they yeah. could, I mean, I know they clearly are having problems doing it, but I think it's more about licensing rights and less about the ability to actually make that radio station happen. Yeah. Because they have the technical ability. I mean, they have iTunes radio. It works regardless of if you like it or not. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's just kind of interesting. You know, maybe there's some strategic thing here, that hasn't been announced yet that makes sense and apple needs you know i mean for starters i think it's clear that the the model of people buying music is not the wave of the future at least as it's standing right now right and so to a certain extent this might be you know a change in strategy a way for apple to control or you know or to to be a player in this in this space um you know in this in the streaming space and i think i think there's an opportunity there for sure yeah there's there's something to do with music whether it's about being a retailer whether it's about streaming whether it's about the peripherals that come with it yeah there's something there i heard somebody say that um that if you spun out itunes <laughs> A retailer as a business on its own, it's still within the top, was it the top 100 Fortune 500 companies just by that, itself? That's crazy. I mean, it's just so like, maybe, you know, maybe Apple wants to keep iTunes is the brand now for buying media, for buying music or buying TV shows, all this other stuff. Um, and they have another brand now uh, that's going to be doing streaming services. One, one doing services, one doing purchasing, and then maybe, maybe even a different one playing. I mean, how much better would it be if iTunes split up into music? You know what I mean? Like, you, you don't need iTunes to be your music player anymore. Now that it means so many things, uh, iTunes be the store. Let you know you let let the app store be the app store instead of the iTunes version. Of, you know the I, app store hidden within iTunes. You have um, Beats doing your streaming slash iTunes radio spinoff. You know, like now that's just your your like Apple owned Beats app. Yeah, and then everything else can yeah. live in one of these other places. I like it. Could be good. Makes sense. And there is a pretty big changes coming with OS ten in this next round of OS ten. There's going to be a lot of things shaking up in terms of design. And when you start poking around with design and redesigning how an app looks, a lot of times it sort of forces you to reconsider what an app does. Mm. And I'm wondering if we actually are going to get some pretty big changes to some of these long-standing, you know, really long-in-the-tooth apps, um, iTunes especially. It's, it's still the only thing with a modal dialog box for preferences, for example. Like that famously is like the most, the most hilarious thing. Uh, could you tell people what a modal dialog box is? Absolutely. So in almost every other app in the entire world, when you put, open your preferences menu, you can still do something behind the preferences menu. You can still interact with the app. Whereas with iTunes, you actually have to click off your preferences in order to do anything else um, in the app. You can't play or pause music. You can't you can't oh, I see. Anything. It takes it takes over the whole app, is what you're saying. It takes over the whole app, and this yeah. is something that like Apple's done away with across the board, except for with iTunes. They're like, there's so much cruft in this program, and it is so integral to so many things. I wouldn't be surprised 
if uh, at WWDC we see a very radical change to iTunes, whether it involves Beats or not, I bet it's changing in a big way. We, we should do a show on on those on those topics. Absolutely, um, let's do is, it. Do like we a have week time? Before. Do we have time before before the thing before the jam comes out? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I think we still got two to three weeks. Okay, so we'll do the next the next show on that. There's one other music topic I just wanted to we can just talk about for a minute or two. No, let's do um, it, man. I'm 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 excited. This is this is cool. a fun one. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. So the other topic, which has sort of come up uh, recently as well, iTunes for Android. Yes. Oh man. No. Is it happening? Is it not happening? And why what do okay. you okay here's here's here okay whether or not it's happening i don't know but let's just talk about why it oh yeah, theoretically yeah. Could. Is, is it a good idea or not yeah well okay so whether or not it's a good idea we have to figure out why it could be a good idea or not um right so hey why did i start using apple shit well it was because itunes and the ipod came out yeah. you know steve jobs famously was yeah. against it was against, uh, you know, iTunes not wanting for to, Windows. Yep, didn't want to improve yeah. anybody's experience on Windows because screw Windows, right? Well, except that that little taste of the Apple ecosystem made you actually want to go be part of the Apple ecosystem. And frankly, that's the same thing with Google that Google's doing to Apple right now. Google giving you its little Google Maps says, "Hey, there's a taste of this. Uh, you could maybe you could enjoy more of this on Android." And I think. Apple is finally learning to, if, if they were to do it, this would be Apple learning like, hey, we can play that game too. Here's how we sell music. It's more secure than the Play Store. It's cleaner than the Play Store. It's, you know, it's got a bigger selection than the Play Store. Don't you like this better than the Play Store? Maybe there's something else for you to come over. So that's, yeah. I think, point number one. Point number two is maybe it's not iTunes. Maybe it's their new streaming service. They need to make it ubiquitous if they want to get any network effect. So if it's beat, if they, you know, if they're opening up this beats music store, you know, and it's all about streaming and it's all about getting people to follow their friends, they may know that the best way to do this is to make it platform agnostic and like open to everyone rather than something that like, well, you have to have an iPhone first or else this just isn't going to, no thanks. We don't want you. Oh, I see. That's cool. So beats is the universal brand it transcends platforms right right Maybe itunes that's is the ecosystem the whole thing for for um for apple products yeah it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thought yeah i mean i and agree. or and or itunes just stays the retailer and they just don't think it's cool enough to expand so they uh, feel like they could expand with beats instead yeah well I don't know. Yeah, no, it, these are cool ideas. I totally agree that I, I think that it doesn't make any sense for Apple's, let's just say for iTunes mm-hmm. to be not on Android at this point. Right. It okay. makes, it makes zero. Well, I mean, the, the advantage is that, you know, you're keeping, keeping the crown jewels for yourself, but the disadvantage is, you're losing a huge potential market and you know, at what, at what cost, like now do you want to do you want to double your music sales? Well, here's um, the thing the overnight. Market, I mean, the, the market's very different. It's not going to double the music sales. It's not overnight, a premium but, market. It's a market that doesn't like to spend money, but the cost of making an Android app cannot be more 
than the cost of what they're going to eventually buy. And you know, maybe it's an experiment where they're like, well, maybe this market will spend money if they're provided with a better experience to spend money. And that yeah. could be sort of, you know, just them figuring it out, like, will will the strategy work or not? You know, maybe this is just an attempt. They have to. I mean, it's a little, di- I totally agree with you. I was going to use the same example with the iTunes for Windows thing. Um, it's a little different because at the time, you know, Apple was only 5% of the computer market. Yeah, it, was, it was a baby. Was the other 95%. Here in the U.S., there's still more iPhones that are being sold than Android devices. And internationally, it's a different story. But, um, you know, there's a lot more Android than, than um, iOS devices on the whole. Um, many of which are just very, very cheap um, you know, I mean, very cheap phones. Like we talked about the $50 cell phone before. The, the essentially um, the, 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 the smartphone that is actually used as a, as a feature phone. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, but I still think that you need to be, you need to be playing in all the pools. And I, I don't think there's any, I think that the risks are, are very minimal and the rewards are potentially very big for being, for being on Android. Totally. So, okay. Well, we agree. hundred percent agreement. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, the only thing I would say is that, uh, Apple's got to get the software right. And Apple's been having some software related issues, uh, just with all these redesigns and all these big, uh, you know, these big changes that have been happening in iOS seven. There's a lot of inconsistent and buggy software and they got to make sure it's tight if they're going to expand into another platform. Yeah, that's my only qualm about them doing it is that they if they're not willing to do it 100%, they shouldn't do it. Yeah, no, I agree. They have to have not only the resources um, and, you know, you could laugh and say, well, Apple has so much money, but they have limited staff. They have limited resources. They can't do everything. So throwing warm bodies at the problem doesn't mean that you're going to be able to do the software. Well, you need to have good management in place. You need to have the whole like company that's actually able to, to organize them and guide them. So, so yeah, they have to have a team and they have to be committed to making iTunes for Android, um, a good, you know, a good experience. And, uh, why not open up your store? You know, it's just distribution. Let's get in as many, as many outlets as possible and let's, let's make some money. Yeah. So cool, man. Well, yeah, I guess it's just pretty much wraps it up. I I think that wraps up our, our current state of the music keynote here. Um, yeah, man. So, uh, you can, well, I don't know. You want to do the the Twitter telling you stuff about Twitter? Oh yeah. So yeah. If, uh, (laughs) if you want to, first of all, um, our sponsor today is waste of time machine podcasts. Yep. which you're currently listening to or probably not. Um, if you look at the population as a whole, you're probably not listening to this. <laughs> but if you're listening to it at this current moment, um, then, the, then to, the probability is 100%. Yes. Go go on iTunes, uh, write a, a nice review if you like it. Give us some, some stars. Um, and tell yeah, your friends. And tell tell your friend. friends. Tell a friend. Um, and yeah, I'm at Dave All. That's Dave A-H-L on Twitter. So follow me, drop me a line, say hello. 
And uh, I'm uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Adam Layden Tuck. That's Adam L E Y D E N T U C K. And uh, say hello to me. I never tweet because no one's listening. But if they were, maybe I would try a little bit more. Sweet. Yep. Um. So Dave, a little uh, a little a uh, little thing. Have you have you looked at that music file <laughs> I sent your way? Did you look at it? The what file? Yeah, there's a little music file I put in your uh, in your box. Did you did you notice that? Oh, oh, you mean the back to you mean the back to the future theme song? Yes, yes, it's yeah. Um, I I listened to it. Yeah, I listened to the um. God, I I've I've told you this before. I've never seen Back to the Future. Oh my God, Dave, Which we got to we got to do it. I got to rectify. What are you doing tonight? Let's watch Back to the Future online together. Okay, so there's that. Yeah, I dig the I dig the theme song idea. I think um, we will not get sued because there's nothing to sue us for. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's fair use. If it's if it's under a certain number of seconds, no, we're talking about not, it. We're talking about no, it. We're talking about Back to the Future. No, every time. that's not. Unfortunately, just, that's that's not how copyright law works. Fair use. It's totally fair for us to uh, steal it. Um. <laughs> But I thought it might be fun to do to do like a little remix of it. That would Ooh. be that would be fun. That would also be fun. Little little crunked up remix. Cool. Hey, so um, so we, we something we ended the, the kids show. can twerk to. So, <laughs> <laughs> if you can if you can make a twerkable Back to the Future remix, <laughs> I will pay you money. <laughs> to your face. I will stuff bills down your throat. I will love you so much. Yeah.